Thank you for tuning in to the Why Marketing Podcast. My guest today is Alisa Fink, the former CMO for Tableau Software. Alisa, welcome to the show. Hey, Russell, how are you? Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad you're able to join us. You clearly have uh, just come off a pretty crazy and wild ride at Tableau. So what are you doing these days? Yeah, these days. Well, so after 11 years at Tableau, what a journey from, you know, three people in marketing to 300 people in marketing, 5 million in revenue to a billion, you know, market cap of 10 billion, 4,200 people total. It is a crazy ride, like you said. And so it, I decided, oh, you know, it's just time for me to retire or semi-retire, as I like to say. I've got a, a couple of kids, a 12-year-old daughter who I, I sort of realized like in two years, you know, teenagers are going to hate me. And then a few years after that, she's off to college. So I like have a five-year window that I've got to, you know, I want to be present for her and for my son who's six as well, but more, more for her. And it just felt like a good time. Felt like a good time to just like, you know, Tableau is in a great place, great leadership, great marketing leaders, great CEO. And so I thought, well, this is the time I can just do something different. So I've semi-retired. I'm advising startups and a few nonprofits and joining boards and just having fun, spending more time mentoring people and talking to people and interacting uh, like we are. It's just been, uh, it's been a really great couple of months already. That's awesome. And I believe you, I think when we spoke last, you mentioned you were also teaching a course at UW. Yes, I'm going to start teaching a business-to-business marketing course at University of Washington for the MBA students. I'm pretty excited about that too. You know, it's a commitment to teach a class. It's, it definitely yes. is a lot of work, but it's another way that I feel like, hey, giving back, being inspired by young, uh, up-and-coming talent is really great. And of course, I, I, I love to speak and talk, so I'm like, well, yeah, that kind of comes naturally, that part of it. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a very natural one for you. I think for me personally, yeah. I know I would love to be able to yeah. get to a position where you are now, where yeah. I can actually enjoy giving back yeah. and being able to educate yeah. and help yeah. the next generation come up and avoid some of the mistakes or, or give them the guidance they need to really take on that, that leadership role. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With all the different nonprofits you're involved in and boards that you're in, is there one in particular that you're really passionate about? You know, all of them are really compelling to me. I, I'm definitely a person who likes to do things because I believe or I have a passion. I think all marketers, you know, don't take a job because it looks, you know, but take a job you believe in. And that's, that holds also for companies and nonprofits that I've advised and, or on serve on boards. One board in particular in the nonprofit realm that I'm serving on is a, is a board that's mission is to help women in Africa who suffer from a condition called a fistula condition. And the name of the um, nonprofit is Operation Fistula. And it's a condition that women get often in childbirth. And it's pretty uh, pretty easy to solve. It's a simple surgery. But if you don't have it solved, it's pretty hard to live with. And when you when these women go back with their children or however they get it, and they reenter their village life or their town, sometimes they're ostracized or have to suffer some consequences in addition to the health condition. And it's, it's kind of sad because uh, it's so solvable. It's, it's known how to solve it. And so it's a question of access and where are the patients and where are the doctors who know how to do it? Who's, who knows how to do the surgeries? In a way, the founder, what he just found this problem that he was inspired by, this is solvable. I can make a difference grew this organization, used data in so many ways. Again, who has this problem? Where are they? Where are the doctors and the uh, organizations that can help solve this problem? How do we track these patients? It's a data problem in a lot of ways. And he has applied data intelligence against this problem and making a big difference. And it just sounded amazing. We just met and it just clicked and it just sounded like a great way to give back to a cause that really you know, is, is important to solve. 
That's really cool. And he wasn't a doctor himself, right? He's just no. He was a guy who had done well um, in uh, the world of telecommunications. It worked in VC or a hedge fund, maybe, and done great work. And just decided, you know, I, I'm good at this, but I'm not loving it. I'm not giving back. And did some research and found this problem and realized it needed needed help. And so he started it. And I really admire for what he's done and how he's accomplished this. And now you know, he's growing, he's using data and is looking to expand even beyond this particular problem, help this problem, but even thinking about gender equality and in places that where there's very little that we, we talk about it here in the U.S. with our careers and lives. But boy, it's a lot can be a lot worse than a lot of other places. And he's, he's got some interest there, too. And I think he's got a strong women that work with him and around him that, that have the same passion. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about the opportunity for this group to really make a big difference in solving this health condition, but also beyond that. That's cool. So we'll stay tuned, yeah. obviously, for that next chapter. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, were, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, incredible growth that y'all experienced at Tableau. So that experience and where you start off with, what, three marketers and went up, <laughs> yeah. know, the department up to 300, yeah. what was that like? Well, it's happening so fast. Sometimes you're just like, you put your head down, you do something, you pull your head up and you're like, oh my gosh, we just grew by what? And what just happened? So some of, you know, it's sort of like you're, you're racing to keep up in a lot of ways, but it was fun. I mean, you definitely, as you go through those growth phases, phases, you have to sort of mark them and because what got you to a point isn't going to get you to the next point. And so you have to be a little conscious about change and evolution because it's going to happen. And if you do put your head down and not paying attention to the signals, of change and evolution, you, you sometimes pull your head up and you realize like, oh my God, the market or the market has changed or the world's moved on or we're not ready for this. So I think being deliberate, a little deliberate about growth and about the phases that you're in was an important part of it and helping people around you realize how they want to participate in that growth journey. Sometimes people want to participate because they realize, well, I want to grow in my career and my, with this company and change phases. Other people realize, you know what, I'm kind of a small cap or small company person. It's time for me to maybe move on or go to another company where I can, you know, I'm a startup person or whatever. And sometimes, you know, even people who say you have to help them say, hey, look, we were, you know, 10 people before. Now we're 40. You used to own this. You know, we have to split this and bring in more leadership or bring in more talent or whatever. And so it's, it's constantly being deliberate and thinking about the different phases and evolution points you're in because you want to think about the people and the work and what's got to get done in that context. That's neat. So the, when you look back at that incredible like 11 years, what were some of the key lessons learned? Oh boy, that is a great question. There was, I mean, every day was, was learning. I, you know, seriously, I mean, it was like, wow. I think, you know, I think, you know, having retired now and when I was thinking about retirement, I, I look back and I think about the kind of person I was at the beginning. And then, and I think, wow, I just, man, I feel like such a different person. Like I've learned so much. I think a key learning is, you know, to have courage, to, to make hard decisions, to stand up for what you, you what you believe in, but to be flexible, you know, to, to make your point and have that conversation and then accept the decision and move on. You know, I think that was something, especially in a fast moving environment, that's very important. And I always have been comfortable with that, but just looking at how we evolved and how we had good conversations and deep conversations and sometimes hard conversations got the team back together. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're all committed to it and move on and move forward. I think that's really important that you make sure that when you have 
key mild key points in growth that you are on the same page and that once you come to resolution about which page that is, that everyone understands this is how we're moving forward. And there isn't sort of that, oh, well, no, yeah, yeah. So that I think was, it takes a lot sometimes to get people on the same page. And sometimes you got to tell people, look, you know, you got to get on board. It's just, this is what it is. We heard you, but we decided like this, but you got to move on. Sometimes you got to be kind of, you know, very straightforward with people. And it's important that you do that. It's really important that you do that. So that's one thing I think that just comes to the top of my mind. And just, I guess the other thing is just, God, marketing, you know, marketing is so exciting because it's a change. It's changing. Oh my gosh. When I think about, wow, we were so cutting edge because we brought in a marketing automation platform very early on when a lot of B2B software companies were doing that, or we were cutting edge because the way we built our brand was very personal and very human centric. Uh, you know, now that's a little more common, both those things. And the things you can do now with technology that, you know, you could imagine it was like, wow, in the future, we'll do this. Well, now it's all come true. Or not all of it, because there's more innovation and in marketing coming and just keeping up is really hard. So another lesson is at whatever level you are, you have got to keep up. You've got to keep up. You've got to keep reading. You've got to keep exploring. You've got to zig when everyone else zags. You got to try things and never stop. Uh, you know, you, 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 it isn't a magic formula. Okay, I've learned everything done. Now I exploit my knowledge. Nope, constant learning. Constant it's like learning. drinking from a fire hose. It is. It is indeed. But it's fun. It's exciting, you know. So yeah, it keeps it really interesting. So when you look at where marketing had evolved by the time you left, what were you the most impressed by? Where do now well, do you able to do this? Yeah, I think some of the things you can do with in digital, digital advertising and, and digital experiences blows my mind. And it's so much power, but with power comes great responsibility and don't abuse it and don't misuse it. Don't be stupid with it, you know? So I think that I, to me has been just incredible, just exciting. I think what's also pretty cool is secondly, and sort of related to that because it enables it in a lot of ways, is just like, like 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever, a B2B software company didn't really have relationships or very close relationships with its users community, with its, with its, with the everyday user, because there just weren't the capabilities. I mean, you had forums and bulletin boards and stuff like that, that some small portion of a community would, would use. But now with social media and community and the recognition of community, which has always been really important to Tableau, I can have relationships, individualized relationships with many of the community members who helped me understand the experience of being a customer and help me and help my company do a better job serving them and the many of the other community members who are community members but are sometimes silent that you're not aware of. And so I think that's a pretty cool thing too, is that today's world, you can have these individualized experiences with your customers, literally face-to-face or literally, you know, digitally in a mass, in a way that just really brings it personal and makes it makes reaching out and being personal in all of your marketing, much easier and much more informed. Yeah, it's definitely the convergence of the marketing and sales channels coming. Yeah, together. Yeah, and and the recognition, I think, too, that a lot of the sales process happens well before sales is involved, frankly, well before marketing is involved. (laughs) You know, frankly, people do a lot of data collection and a lot of hidden discoveries about you and your competitors and your, your customers. So you got to just represent well across everything you're doing. Be true to your brand. Be true to yourself because customers are, and prospects are tuning in at all phases of the funnel, even untrackable phases of that funnel. Yeah. So I think that's an important element too. That's, that's, I think, well said. So how did you get into marketing in the first place? Was it something you were always passionate about and you wanted to do? Oh, or? 
Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, you know, not, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think back my mother and my father, my father had a small business and my mother was pretty oriented to helping like be a good, be good customer service. So we had that orientation. And then when I was in high school, I was served on the newspaper. And for a little while I was the ad sales manager and that was kind of fun, you know? And then when I, I went to college as an English major, got out of college, didn't know what I was going to do, went into sales and actually went into advertising sales. I sold advertising for the Wall Street Journal. And as I sold for them, I realized I wasn't that interested in closing business. I was really interested in opening a business and having conversations about, well, what, who's your target? You know, who are you trying to reach? Let me tell you why the journal is the best choice for you. Well, maybe this other media. You know, I was really interested in the facts and information and data of it. And I realized why well, I really kind of liked marketing. And at the same time, I was a young new salesperson and I was more oriented to technology. I start, I was the first sales rep at the journal to have a computer at my desk and all the other sales reps who were a little older than I was more mature. were like, you're not supposed to have a computer at your desk. That's for secretaries. And I was like, but it makes me a better sales rep. So I just really was into technology and this idea of stats and data and market research and information. And I stumbled across this company called Claritas that was starting to help marketers, B2C marketers, code their customer data lists. And it got interesting and they needed, they needed someone to work there. And I was like, I'm jumping. People thought I was crazy because I was a sales rep for the Wall Street Journal, fairly prestigious in that day. You know, yeah. I was young and I, I was, you know, pretty entry level, but still. People thought I was crazy to go be a client service person at this, who heard of Claritas, but it was the best decision of my life. I mean, seriously, other than marrying my husband and, you know, things like that, but it was the best career decision making that move. And that's how I kind of got started in marketing technology. Literally, I would talk to clients on the phone and they'd be like, I'm sitting at my CRT, which is their monitor. And they'd say, it says C colon backslash carrot on the side. What do I do? Uh, and that's a DOS prompt, as you know. And this is, and they would tell me, "Oh, guess what? The new computer. Uh, we're getting our first computer for your software." You know, it was like marketing was so distant from technology, yeah. and it was fun and exciting to be part of that journey to see what's possible with technology and marketing. And I think that's what really got me excited about it. Oh, what an amazing revolution! I mean, when you really think about <laughs> yeah. how it's has come. Oh so my God. Right? How powerful even our, you know, our phones are. I mean, there was, it's, just, it's pretty completely. cool. Yeah, completely. I'm sure my phone could run that. But, well, I mean, it couldn't, oh, but I mean, the power yeah. of this phone. Yeah, with that power. I mean, you know, it was like 286s and, you know, and even less than that. We'd have these luggables that we would carry around. Uh, we would daisy chain six CDs together so people could read databases. Yeah. You know, it was crazy. It was really fun, though. It was really fun. I recall bring, carrying a 286 computer with a monitor, which was extremely yeah. heavy, and a scuba yeah. diving bag because we'd oh have to wheel God. it from meeting to meeting to be able to plug it into the wall to oh, be able to show yeah, people totally. what we were doing. Totally. They were like, and they'd be like looking at us like, this is totally. Oh my God, I'm so there with you. It's not yeah, like that totally. was super long, long ago, but it's... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I get it, man. I remember those days. It was fun, though. It was really fun because it, it was like, you know, edit auto exec.bat and config.sys, this, right? You know? That's, Good old days. <laughs> I remember the maps. I was trying to explain to somebody what a map. Uh, one of my younger reps. We were traveling earlier this week, and I was just trying to explain to him what a map scale was. Remember the old map scale uh, books? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I used right. to know my way around every city because I was forced to actually have to navigate. Now, oh my god, Uber, I know. Or oh I god. get, or I turn on my map on my car, on my yeah. phone. And yeah. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing anymore. I just follow what yeah. the prompts. It's, totally, totally. Isn't it I used to have to literally like yeah. line it out. You know, it was it was different, totally different world. So technology is yeah, 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 so. yeah. Totally, totally. It's funny to think back, but it's been incredible. Like I just feel lucky and blessed to have seen that kind of 
movement. You know, it just, it's just, it's awesome. And, you know, for marketing too, the other thing that's been so great is the numbers, the metrics. You know, in those days, like uh, we have selling for the Wall Street Journal, there were some numbers and you would try to convince people, but it wasn't very good. It was based on survey. I mean, survey data is great. Don't misunderstand me. But it was hard. You know, you didn't really have a lot of measurement or metrics to guide you like so many of the other disciplines. And so it created a lot of skepticism about your investments because you couldn't really prove it. But now with data and databases and all this tracking, and this is great because you can, in so many cases, have great conversations. Now, People are people. And the thing I always say is marketing is both a science and an art because people are irrational. You know, it's not if then else. If I expose them to this ad, they will buy, you know, then they will buy. No, it's not like that. So there's still a lot of art to it and a lot of artfulness that sometimes doesn't show up in the numbers and some risks you have to take and bets you have to place that you can't always justify or things that you think are going to work and then don't work. So it's still got that sort of artful risk taking that makes it fun, but it's it's so much, you have so much more now, more data and more information to guide you and help you build your knowledge and build your experiences through the data. Absolutely. You could peel the onion back way, way more than you ever could. Way more. Yeah, absolutely. Almost too much. Absolutely. I think it's to a point where yeah. it, it, yeah. it becomes yeah. almost so much noise. It's really hard to decipher. What's the, yeah. What noise should I listen to? Yeah, I agree. I was recently on the phone with someone who we were talking about their new company and how they're very small and they were trying to come up with an incredibly sophisticated model for forecasting how many leads they would need. And they were spending so much energy on this model. But in fact, all of the inputs to this, this technical model, this, this numbers driven model was based on judgment, you know, and it was like, they're spending all this energy on this model. I'm just like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I think you've got a, a wrong idea about the data here and about the, the level of precision and, and accuracy of this model. Just because you can plug it into a spreadsheet doesn't make it precise or accurate. Some, you don't have enough information or data or knowledge about your funnel. You're still, you know, a startup. You got to get out there and do some stuff. You know, you got to stop like dwelling on this model and just go do something. Go sell. To get some. Go sell. Exactly. Go, you know, use your judgment or make a bet and find out. Get some data. Get some real data. Not... Not this, you know, fake, uh, fake data. Anyway, test, really test, 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 test. Absolutely, absolutely. But to test, you gotta do. You know, yeah. a test is an action of doing. So it was just interesting to help to to see that. And and I think you're right. I think sometimes people over over uh, the pendulum swings a little too far. In fact, I often say data should be supplementing your judgments. You know, it's 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 about both. It's it's about your judgment and your experience and your know how and using data to supplement and enhance that and help guide you, but not to make your decisions for you. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of programmatic buying that goes on where that gets done. But even then, your creative and your approach to all that is also subject to your judgment and your, your know-how and use it, you know, use your God-given talents to, to make it better. Yeah, we all have our own talents. So to bring them, if everybody brings them to the table, it makes a pretty powerful yeah. opportunity. So yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of talents, you know, as we kind of get towards the end of this after the show, I wanted to ask, like I ask everyone, you know, reflection is really important, right? You get to a certain point, you're able to really look back and go, wow, I learned a lot. Yep. Knowing now everything that you know, what advice would you give your younger self to help avoid oh. any pitfalls? You know, I think I wish I had learned earlier how to have difficult conversations in a kind and nurturing way. I think it's just hard to do that. And sometimes we avoid topics that are difficult or confrontational. But as I've, as I've matured, I've learned there are ways to have those conversations 
in a way that is both kind and caring, but truthful and upfront. And I think sometimes I wish I had not avoided conflict quite to the level that I, I have in my history, in my many years of working. Because it's just, you know, it's okay to be straight, but you got to do it in a kind and caring way. But that doesn't mean because it's difficult. It's not, it can't be kind or caring. And so I wish I had learned that and been better at that earlier. And I, I, that's the advice I'd give myself. And part of that too goes, goes is, is also related to the, it, a lot of women have this issue where they, they're so used to being amiable or they're raised to be amiable or raised to, to you know, to, to just take it or listen or, you know, that, you know, you just got to be able to be able to stand up and be confident and comfortable uh, with sometimes with conflict or having a different opinion. It's okay. You don't have to be likable all the time and amiable all the time. And so I think that, that I would try to coach myself. <laughs> uh, I, I, think into that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's great. I think it's a great experience and a great yeah. you know, recommendation because, yeah. you know, I've got a daughter and I think that's something that's really important is that for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They need to be able yeah. to, yeah. It's okay to stand up for yourself. It is. It is. And it's okay to take a, a risk or speak up when you don't know all the facts. I also find like, you know, women tend to sometimes over-prepare because they're used to like, I'm going to get an A, I'm good, great. You know, I got to know everything or whatever. That's the pleaser. And I think that's the pleaser, the amiable, the pleaser in us. And we're kind of raised to that. And not kind of, you know, sometimes. And I think if I, you know, the, the sooner you can be un, more comfortable with, I don't have to please, I can not please in a kind and caring way. Or in a, in a reasonable way. And I think the sooner you learn that, the better, the less time you're going to waste in your career. <laughs> I, you know, be, I was going to say that, you know, you, you spend it when you, when you're a pleaser and an amiable or like, you know, you're trying to be overprepared or prepared for everything. You spend a lot of time. It, it takes a lot of time and energy to do see that. And when you realize the payback isn't quite there, you know, there's some, there are some pluses to it, but the payback isn't always there. You can use your judgment to be more appropriate about when to, when to overprepare, when to be fully prepared. And when is this an opportunity to, gosh, you know what? I can say no, I can back out. I, you know, I can, I can raise my disagreement in a, in a, in a reasonable way. Uh, you save, you'll save a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think maturity helps that a lot It gives us all that perspective of, okay, what was really important yeah. to me when I was younger is not as, yeah. it's yeah. not as yeah. important True. as it is now. And is, that's the great thing about reflection. And, and quite honestly, yeah. I think for guys, uh, there's a lot of men out there that yeah. can also learn how to be kind, you know, to have co- yeah. tough conversations in a more kind and, you know, caring yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, yeah, men and women, you know, it's like, you're right. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things. And, or, you know, sometimes you don't get great feedback early on your career. So I think the other thing is seek, seek honest feedback and be okay with it. Don't, don't be like, Oh, I'm scared of feedback or I don't want, I can't handle this. They don't like me or that this didn't work out or whatever. Just be open to good, good feedback. Cause that will, that will help you tremendously. Awesome advice. And, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm I'm glad to hear that everything is going well and that some of these nonprofits and other boards that you're involved with are winning the lottery, having you you. advise and consult with them. No, no. You know, I definitely want to have you back on to kind of talk more about Anytime. So, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And thank you again. It's it's an exciting podcast you're doing here. And it's good. It's helpful. And it's it's good to hear what the different perspectives. It's amazing how much you can learn from other people's uh, experiences. I just was at a panel yesterday at USC around International Women's Day. And it was, even for me, listening to these three other amazing women talk about their experiences. Yeah, yeah, you know, informative. So you always are learning. That's the key. So that's great. So thank you for putting this podcast together. Well, thank you for being a part of it. And yeah, you can never stop learning. It's absorb, absorb, absorb. So 
Well, thank Indeed. you again for being on the podcast and for everyone else listening and streaming online at home. Thank you for tuning in and make sure to hit like and to follow and share with all your friends and marketing colleagues. Thank you very, very Sounds much, Annalisa, and have a wonderful thank you. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.